Hello, and welcome to Riffs on Riffs, where we explore the collision of original and sample tracks and the artists who made them. I'm your host, Joe Watson. I'm here with my co-host, Toby Braswell. What's up, Toby? Not too much, man. How are you? I'm good. Actually, I'm real good. I'm so excited about this episode. I've been looking forward to it since we began this podcast, and I know it's going to be a great show. I can just feel it. Oh, you already know. You already know. So together on this show, we listen to legendary tracks and the timeless, but sometimes not so well-known songs they sampled from. Today, we're going to dive into a musical and cultural phenomenon, a show that takes a historical look at a forefather without a father, a man who wrote like he was running out of time, and someone who would made a hell of an MC if he was around today. Toby, what's his name, man? Alexander Hamilton. His name is Alexander Hamilton. There's a million things I haven't done. Just you wait. Thank you for that, buddy. That's, that just, I felt that. Did, did, I felt it too, man. Like the energy I had to do is it. so good. I had to do it. So we're going to break down some of the songs from this musical and listen to some of the tracks that inspired Lin-Manuel Miranda's writing. But first, let's rewind all the way back to May 12th, 2009. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled uh, the White House called me uh, tonight uh, because uh, I'm actually working on a hip-hop album. Uh, it's a concept album about the life of someone I think embodies hip-hop, Treasury Secretary Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> you laugh, but it's true. Um, he, was, uh, he was born uh, a penniless orphan uh, in St. Croix of illegitimate birth, um, became George Washington's right-hand man, uh, became Treasury Secretary, caught beef with every other founding father, uh, and all on the strength of his writing, I think he embodies uh, the word's ability to make a difference. Uh, so uh, I'm going to be doing the first song from that tonight. So that right there is Lin-Manuel Miranda, the originator, writer, producer, composer extraordinaire for Hamilton. And where is he sitting, Toby? Where, well, he's on stage. Where is he at? He's in front of President Obama, right? At the White House. Yeah. They're, they're having a little poetry jam. President Obama and Michelle are there, and... This guy has, I don't know how to say it, he's got, he's got some chutzpah, can we say that? Mm, we can definitely say that. So he had just um, won some Tonys for his previous musical, In the Heights, and that certainly incorporated some hip-hop, but it also had a lot of Latin flavor and traditional show tunes. And so Lynn was on fire, and he gets a call from the White House saying, hey, we, we want you to come and, and do a song from In the Heights for, for this performance. And he says, okay, but I want to do something else instead. I've been working on this concept album about Hamilton, so let's uh, maybe let me, let me do something from that instead. So he gets up on the stage. Nobody's ever heard this before. He introduces the concept of the whole thing in front of the president of the United States. And that to me is just, I don't even know what to say about that. It, 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 was, it was more than memorable. Uh, it was, uh, to me, it was everything. So in preparation, for this podcast, I began to think back when I first heard about Hamilton, right? Now, obviously, I wasn't at the White House when this was all presented, right? I wish I, I was there. I I saw you in the audience, <laughs> Yeah, man, actually. I wish I was okay. there. But I first heard about it on the news. Okay. And they had discussed it. And it's like, this, this is going to be the next big thing. And just his approach to diversity, which we'll talk about. Sure. His approach to music. And again, it being largely hip-hop. It reminded me of Carmen which was a hip-hopera, if you will. Hip-hopera? Uh, hip yeah, hip-hopera. That's right, cool. Right? Yeah, I think so. It featured Beyonce, Mackay Pfeiffer, and Most Def back in 2007. And it was 
the first of its kind, yeah. right? It's a, it's a basically, you know, the Carmen, the story, but told through hip hop. I thought it was amazing. Saw it on MTV, loved it. And I began to talk to my other artistic friends like, man, wouldn't it be awesome to have something like this, you know, an original story or whatever, largely hip hop. And a lot of folks were like, well... If you're going to do it, it can't be corny. Like, right. it can't be Absolutely. cat in a hat. And that's what everyone's fear was that Hamilton was going to be. Right. And, you know, he delivered, man. He delivered. So uh, I was just very happy to see how it all turned out and then to actually go and, and watch it unfold. Yeah, I mean, it's history. I think I read somewhere where it's making like half a million dollars profit a week on Broadway. So that's that's pretty good. Hamilton had its Broadway debut on August 6th, 2015. It took, I think, six or seven years, right? So this original performance was again in 2009. And let's dig a little bit back into the history. So I guess Lynn's on his way to Mexico for a vacation with his wife. And he's at the airport and he pulls off a book for some reading. And it happens to be Ron Chernow's biography of Hamilton, which is like 600-some pages. And he's lying on the beach... He's sitting in the hammock and he's reading this and he gets the idea like this guy is amazing like he's historically um what a what a crazy awesome character and i want to do a concept album about it and then he starts talking to his friends and eventually that concept album turns into a musical and broadway opening on august 6 2015 so you know six years later and now it's i mean everybody knows what hamilton is and what's funny is i i kind of avoided hamilton for a long time because Everybody was talking about it, and I was, it's what you just said, I was scared. I was like, oh, what if this is bad? And when I finally just forced myself to sit down and listen to it, and then I had to listen again, and then again, and, you know, I have a teenage daughter who went through the same process, because all her friends at school were like, oh, this is so great, and she was like, ugh. But she knows every line now. We have done videos of ourselves lip-syncing to, like, it's, it's huge. So I've listened to this show a billion times now, and I can't get enough of it. And it's been a joy to kind of dig into the archives and find what inspired Lynn to write these tracks. And that's what we're going to do in this show is we're going to listen to some of the samples that he was inspired by. We'll play them alongside the tracks from the show itself, and we'll really kind of tie it all together. You ready? I'm ready, man. Let's do it. So not only does Hamilton pay homage to the well-known founding fathers like Washington and Jefferson and actually some not as well-known historical figures like Aaron Burr and John Lawrence and, I mean, how great is this name? Hercules Mulligan? Ugh. I want that name. It's when I <laughs> named my next kid. And Marquis de Lafayette? Yes, sir. So this episode, we're going to take a look at how Lin-Manuel paid homage not only to our founding fathers, but the hip-hop greats that inspired him to create Hamilton. Awesome. Where do you want to start? Well, let's take a look uh, at the... F- song where Hamilton really steps to the forefront and kind of proclaims his mission to the world. Let's listen to the song, My Shot. I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. I'm going to get a scholarship to King's College. I probably shouldn't brag, but dag, I'm amazed and astonished. The problem is I got a lot of brains, but no polish. I got a holler just to be heard with every word. I drop knowledge. I'm a diamond in the rough. Man, I love this song. So good. All these songs are so good. 
If you know the history of Hamilton, you know where he came from and his his rise to the top of his game. You know how powerful he is with all of his words uh, and, and how enthusiastic he is about the country and not losing his shot. This song totally screams Eminem's Lose Yourself to me, right? It, it totally screams that. Rising up from your current station, it's a rally cry, it's a shot of confidence. The only thing that he needed was like saying Rudy, Rudy. Throughout. <laughs> That's the only thing he needed, right? That was it. And that's, I'm telling you that that I loved it. Wow. Well, I think that's why we just got up and started shaking our booties, right? That's a song about empowerment and action, um, which you know, interesting in the show. We we see Aaron Burr, whose whose whole thing is I'm going to wait for it, and that's not Hamilton. He's getting after it and he's going hard. The lyrics resonate with so many people in this song, which is why you see all these T-shirts with I'm just like my country, young, scrappy, and hungry. So Lin Manuel packs multiple hip hop references into this song. Let's take a listen to the first one where Hamilton is talking about being 19 years old. Only 19, but my mind is older. These New York City streets get cold. I shoulder every burden, every disadvantage. I've learned to manage. I don't have a gun to brandish. I walk these streets. The first time I heard that line, my mind went straight to Mob Deep. Let's listen to a track from Mob Deep right now that this is taken from. It's from their infamous album in 1993, Shook Ones Part 2. Only 19, but my mind is older. When the things get for real, my warm heart turns cold. Wow. So the lyrics are almost identical. Uh, and obviously there's correlation here because Hamilton had some serious hurdles to overcome as a child, you know, surviving hurricanes and stuff. Uh, and so did Prodigy from Mob Deep, who actually had this to say about that particular line. You know, I'm only 19, but my mind is old. This is his quote. What I meant was all the stuff that I've been through in my life, dealing with sickle cell and just dealing with life, period. It forces you to grow up quickly. I was forced to deal with the pain and hanging in the streets and wilding out. It makes you think like an adult and make adult decisions and be way more mature than your actual age. We'd been through so much, and at 19, I felt like I was 40. So, Tobe, tell me a little bit more about Mob Deep. Mob Deep gained a lot of fame with their second album, which is called Infamous. It was released in 1993. These guys are New York-based. Uh, it's MC's Prodigy and MC and producer Havoc. The album actually features a couple of artists that you are probably familiar with. Raekwon from Wu-Tang, we have Nas, and Q-Tip from Tribe Called Quest. The first time I heard this song was probably with a trip to New York City. I picked up a, a DJ mixtape, DJ Dirty Harry. Loved it. Was, was, did he look like Clint Eastwood? Or? Uh, you know, they were no, I don't even remember the picture on the, on the tape. because it, <laughs> it didn't leave my cassette deck. I put it that way. Nice. So I played it uh, probably pop that tape. <laughs> I played it so much. And that was the only way to really get new music back in the day was through mixtapes. So it was either Dirty Harry or Funk Master Flex. That's how you'd hear all the new music. Nice. Uh, you ever have any big pun on those mixtapes? He, he was a New York guy. He was. No, I don't remember any pun on any of that. I do remember some Fat Joe. Okay. All right, and that, that's a direct line, right? Sure. There's, there's a, a Kevin Bacon relation between Fat <laughs> Absolutely. and Pun, right? We can do that. Well, Lin-Manuel is clearly a big fan of Big Pun. Uh, they share the same Puerto Rican heritage, and Lin has been quoted as saying that Big Pun was a master at stacking internal rhymes into lyrics so densely and making them feel conversational. And I think that influence is very apparent in my shot so let's take a listen to that action in the street is exciting but jesus between all the bleeding and fighting i've been reading and writing we need to handle our financial situation are we a nation of states what's the state of our nation i'm past patiently waiting i'm passionately smashing every expectation every action to act the creation i'm laughing in the face of casualties and sorrow for the first time i'm making past tomorrow and i am not away 
What we just heard was grade A alliteration from Lynn. Uh, that was perfect the way that he did that. And it, it worked so well in a rhyme. Now, who did he get that from? Big Pun, right? I want us to take a listen to how Big Pun did it. And you're going to understand why so many people are claiming that this guy is one of the top 50 MCs of all time. So let's take a listen to a track called Twins from the Deep Cover Soundtrack Remake. Whoa. Love that. That's so good. That is a line that will forever be known in history as one of the best uh, rhymes ever spit by an MC. What I want to say, I did say that that was the uh, deep cover soundtrack remake. I really kind of want to correct myself because I know there's some hip hoppers out there listening. The interwebs will certainly get after us. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let me say this. There was a soundtrack for a movie called Deep Cover. You had Dr. Dre and Snoop were on the original cut called Deep Cover. Well, they were nice enough to let Big Pun and Fat Joe do a remake of that. And this is the one time I will say that, hey, the remake was actually better, if not just as good yeah. as the first, the initial. So uh, yeah, it, the track's called Twins. It's beautiful. It was actually debuted on Big Pun's Capital Punishment album featuring Fat Joe on the track. It was awesome. Awesome. Well, let's take another listen to Big Pun off of Capital Punishment song called Super Lyrical, where, again, we can see an example of his style and how it probably influenced Lin-Manuel. Hey, yo, my murderous rap, verbal attack is actual fact. Tactical tracks match perfectly with graphical stash. After you lack the magical dap of tragical rap that tackles you back and shackles a nasty. That's the mathematical madness I'm on. The sadness, the strong, the marriage and bond of having mm. the song. Mm. is mm, right. <laughs> so Lin-Manuel was born in 1980, and he grew up in New York, so it's really not a big surprise that he's clearly a fan of another New York rapper, a Brooklyn native named Notorious B.I.G., and Lynn pays homage to Biggie multiple times in the show, beginning with Hamilton spelling out his name for the audience. Let's give that one a listen. Hey, dark, so let me spell out my name. I am the A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R. We are meant to be a colony that runs independently. Huh. Well, that sounds familiar. Let's listen to Biggie spell out his name on his track Going Back to Cali from his 97 album Life After Death. Well, those are clearly connected, right? That's not even the only example of how Len pays homage to Biggie in Hamilton. Let's take a listen to Cabinet Battle 2 in Hamilton. Everything he does betrays the ideals of our nation. <laughs> no, if you now, you know, know. now you know. <laughs> so, I mean, right? You Mr. have President. to laugh at that. Right. So, I love David Diggs. He's one of my favorites in the original cast. Uh, like, you can hear the twinkle in his eye no matter who he's playing. I love how the cast changed characters from Act 1 to Act 2. So, he's playing Lafayette or Jefferson, and it's awesome either way. But, so, this part of Cabinet Battle 2 references one of Biggie's most well-known songs, Juicy. And look, Tobe, I know we clean up some of these songs for the show, but, right. <laughs> but, but Biggie doesn't say Mr. President in the he album sure version. So he sure don't. It's just funny. <laughs> uh, let's have a listen to the sanitized version of Juicy from Notorious B.I.G. And if you don't know, right. you know Mr. President. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, so Juicy is a rags to rich chronicle of Biggie's life, which, you know, thematically aligns with Hamilton's own rags to riches story, right? You know, the funny fact is about this song, Juicy, is that Biggie didn't even really want to do this song <laughs> at really? all. He had no interest. Uh, this, is, this song really is like the epitome of trust between a producer, 
okay, and the artist. Kind of like how we have with Jules, right? So Jules, Jules. and us, like Jules says, hey, no, go left. We're like, I feel I want to go right. No, go go left. Go left, trust me. And she's, she's always right. Well, it ended up being a hit for him, right? Yeah, and, and, one of his biggest ones. One of his biggest ones. And uh, yeah, and if you don't know, well, well now you know, Mr. Right. President, right? So one of the beautiful things about the trust factor, right, between a producer and an artist is the whole respect thing. And when there's no respect, then we get to fighting. Mm. How did they used to fight back in the day? I'm so glad that you asked. It was called a duel. Probably one of the dumbest parts of our history, <laughs> to be honest. This is stupid. Yeah, well, true. Duels were used to settle disputes in this country in the early days. So uh, folks thought there was no greater way to protect your honor outside of just fighting. So fisticuffs, I think they initially- Ooh, fisticuffs, that's yeah, good, I like, like that? You like yeah, that? that's good. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to bring that back. So they used to use swords and then they graduated to guns. Sure. So have you ever seen that movie, Dangerous Liaisons at all? Uh, I think I've seen parts of that, but no, no not the whole okay. thing. So there's a duel in there as well. Uh, I'm gonna reference that and this as well, the, the duels that they have in this story. They never end out well. It never, well, <laughs> nothing that's, that's good not the happens. point, is it, right? <laughs> but if you're gonna have duels, you have to have rules. So Hamilton has rule. They had rules back in the day. Let's listen to the 10 dual commandments from Hamilton. Absolutely. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's the 10 dual commandments. It's the 10 dual commandments. So, correct me if I'm wrong here, but is this another shout-out to Biggie? Absolutely. There's no question. No question. So this is a shout-out to Biggie's song, Ten Crack Commandments. So instead of outlining rules for duels, he was outlining rules for the drug game. Ah, uh, okay. What was that called? It's called the Ten... <laughs> It's called illegal. How about that? <laughs> it's called illegal. Ten Crack Commandments. It's off the 1997 release of Life After Death uh, from Notorious B.I.G. Why don't we take a listen to that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, it's the Ten Crack Commandments. If you don't feel like driving slow through a neighborhood when you hear that, this problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Loved it. So you can see the obvious musical correlation between 10 Dual Commandments and 10 Crack Commandments, but I think the other irony here is that both of these guys kind of died as a result of a duel. Um, so I guess apparently the more things change, the more they say the same, right? Yeah, true. That's a good point. So fortunately, not everything escalated to a duel, but there were certainly battles going on. And throughout the show of Hamilton, there's a battle going on between Jefferson and Hamilton. And they resolved these with rap battles. So let's take a listen to Cabinet Battle 1. Such a blunder. Sometimes it makes me wonder why I even bring the thunder. Why he even brings the thunder. So good. So Lin-Manuel is paying tribute here to Rap Pioneer's Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five and their iconic track, The Message. Let's take a listen to that. Trying not to lose my head. <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. <laughs> I love how so many of these references are subtle. They're obvious to fans of hip-hop, but they, they don't beat you over the head, and they're always in context and adding to the song. Here's another example. Uh, let me ask you a question first, though, Tob. Have you, have you ever been in trouble? It depends on what you're talking about. If, if you're saying, like, in trouble with uh, the law, the answer is no. Well, that's good. But in trouble with my dad, mm -hmm. 
Yes, and it made me feel like I was in trouble with the law. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes worse, right? Sometimes worse, exactly. So uh, when, when dad's mad at you, does he, uh, he doesn't want to dress you down in front of everybody else. He might say, hey, why don't you uh, come meet me inside or meet me outside, depending on the context. But, That's when I start running away. <laughs> <laughs> so Hamilton is in trouble in the show, and Washington is not very happy with him, and he, he wants to meet him inside. Let's take a listen to that. Okay. Hamilton, sir. Man, this part right here makes me smile every time I hear it. Why? Because it makes you think of your dad being mad at you? <laughs> oh, man. Well, <laughs> so you have that, right? You have that. But, well, you could tell that Hamilton is super upset at this part during the play. I mean, his, his face just shows just a menacing, fueled by nothing but anger. It's interesting to use the word menacing. Uh, Lynn manuel is a fan of DMX and his track Party Up In Here, specifically because he liked the menace of a certain part of that song and the foreboding of what's going to happen, not inside, but outside. Let's listen to that. One, two, meet me outside, meet me outside, meet me outside on my rough ride up. Meet me outside, meet me outside, meet me Dark Man X. Meet me outside, meet me outside. This is my favorite part of the song right here, Joe. Here it is right here. On my street, street people. I love that part. I, don't, I can't tell you why, but I love it. So that's DMX party up in here. I'm just glad that we had a chance to include DMX somewhere in the season. All right. We got it. He has to be mentioned. He has to be mentioned. Now, Joe, do you remember that quote from Sting that we talked about from an earlier episode about stealing or borrowing? You remember something we yeah, talked about? Yeah, it was that? paraphrasing TSL. It's something about good poets borrow, great poets steal, something like that. That's exactly what, what Lynn is all about and what good music is all about, right? Especially hip hop, borrowing from something old, making it new and fresh. That's the essence of hip hop. Outside of the historical accuracy, the musicality, the great songs, the diversity of talent on stage, that just made it memorable, right? Taking something old, making it fresh again. And that's what made Hamilton a hit. Yeah, it's respected by historians, by hip hop purists. Uh, he borrowed some of the best elements from our generation and then gave it to Hamilton. And what's interesting, it's not even just about hip hop, it's also authentic and pure in the shout outs to musical theater. For example, there's a line in the song from Hamilton, Right Hand Man, where Washington talks about being a model of a modern major general. Let's listen to that. Okay. Can I be real a second for just a millisecond? Let down my guard and tell the people how I feel a second. Now I'm the model of a modern major general, the venerated Virginian veteran whose men are all lining up to put me up on a pedestal, writing letters to relatives embellishing So it turns out that that's a direct shout out to a song called Modern Major General from the 1879 comic opera, The Pirates of Penn. I never knew that. I, yeah. Uh, Modern Major General is what they call a patter song. So I'm going to read you what a patter song is. It uh, generally features tongue-twisting rhyming text with alliterative words, alliterative words, <laughs> and other consonant or vowel sounds that are intended to entertain listeners at a rapid speed. What's that, what's that sound like to you? Sounds like big pun. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or rap in general, right? Or rap in general, right, right. Well, let's listen to Modern Major General from the Pirates of Penzance. I am the very model of a modern major general. I've information, vegetable, animal, and mineral. I know the kings of England and the coat of vice historical from Marathon to Waterloo in order categorical. I am very well acquainted to with matters mathematical. I understand equations both the simple and quadratical. About binomial theorem, I am teeming with a lot of news. So here's yet another subtle nod to an iconic musical. In this verse from Hamilton's My Shot, 
Leslie Odom Jr., as Aaron Burr mentions that, you have to be carefully taught. Geniuses, lower your voices. You keep out of trouble and you double your choices. I'm with you, but the situation is fraught. You've got to be carefully taught. If you talk, you're gonna get shot. So this is a shout out to the song You've Gotta Be Carefully Taught from the 1949 Rodgers and Hammerstein musical South Pacific. That's crazy. Isn't it? That's uh, nuts. Let's take a listen to Matthew Morrison, who's also amazing, uh, from the 2008 Broadway cast singing Carefully Taught from South Pacific. You've got to be taught to be afraid of people whose eyes are oddly made and people whose skin is a so obviously the music is different, but the thematic elements are once again the same. In Hamilton, Aaron Burr is, he's afraid of taking chances. And so he's living in sort of this fear-based wait for it mentality. And in South Pacific, they're talking about being afraid of, you know, people that don't look like us or look like yourself or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we always like to end the show with some bonus material. And since Mr. Miranda is such a genius, he has this covered too. Toby, you ever make a mixtape? I have a couple, actually. Okay. Well, Hamilton was originally going to be titled the Hamilton Mixtape. They obviously just shortened it to Hamilton. But during the production of Hamilton, Lin-Manuel hinted that a mixtape of selected songs from the show was being recorded. Well, that mixtape was officially released on December 2nd of 2016. And guess what? It debuted at number one on the Billboard 200, selling 187,000 copies in the first week. Thanks. Yeah. What's also cool is I love that they made a 12-song cassette version. That's dope. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. The Hamilton mixtape contains remakes and some deleted tracks from the musical. Tell me, tell me who's on this. Okay. This, this list is crazy, right? So you've got The Roots, Alicia Keys, Usher, Nas, Buster Rhymes, Jill Scott, Andrew Day, Kelly Clarkson, Sia, Queen Latifah. There's... Too many to mention, right? Yeah. The list goes on and on. You are correct. It's it's also insane to think that we could do the Hamilton mixtape justice in just a few short minutes. But as our bonus material, let's take a listen to a few of the tracks. The first single released was Kelly Clarkson's remake of It's Quiet Uptown. I remember hearing this one on the radio long before I'd ever heard the soundtrack and thinking, oh, this is a good pop tune. And it's always just being in awe of Kelly's voice. Just let me stay here by your side And that would be She's pretty good, that Kelly girl. And that woman can sing. Yeah. So the song Satisfied is one of my favorites from Hamilton, lyrically, thematically, musically. I didn't think anything on the Hamilton mixtape could hold up to Renee Elise Goldsberry's fantastic voice. But then I saw that they gave Satisfied to Sia. And I was like, oh, everything's actually right in the world. (laughs) I've been a huge Sia fan since I heard Zero Seven Simple Things back in the day. That album is still like one of my default happy places. Back then, she she wasn't really known. And so now she's one of those like, oh, man, everybody knows Sia. I have to share her. Do you, do you have any artists like those? I have a couple, man. I have a couple. Not as bad as the Sia situation, but yeah, I got a couple. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is what Lin-Manuel had to say about Sia and when they got back the track from Satisfied. Here's the best way I can describe it. One of my best friends, uh, Kiara, uh, who this is a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright. I, I played her the track very early on. And uh, she looked up at me and she said, Sia weaponizes vowels. And that's so true. And if Sia <laughs> was not enough for Satisfied, it also features Miguel as Hamilton and the, and the queen herself, Queen Latifah. 
So let's settle in here for about 30 seconds and hear how it all comes together. As a woman who's never been satisfied I'm sure I don't know what you mean You forget yourself You're That's beautiful like me. I've She gives me goosebumps Is that right? I've never been satisfied My name's Angelica Schuyler Alexander Hamilton Where's your family from? Unimportant, there's a million things I haven't done Just you wait, just you wait So, 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 so this is what it feels like To match wits with someone at your level What the hell is the catch? It's a Get feeling it of freedom I see in the light I love that we've added You see it, right? The conversation lasted two minutes Maybe three it, right? minutes Everything love we said it. in total agreement It's a dream and it's a bit of a dance A bit of a posture, it's a bit of a stance He's a bit of a so friend, but I'ma give him a chance I asked about his family, did you see his answer? His hands started fidgeting, he looked askance He's penniless, he's flying by the seat of his pants handsome boy does he know it peach fuzz and he can't even grow it i want to take it far away from this place then i turn to see my sister's face and she is man they killed that yeah <laughs> I mean, they, they they killed that love it parting is such sweet sorrow man that's the end of the episode we really hope you enjoyed exploring the songs that inspired hamilton joe what do we have on deck for next episode well we will be fantasizing about the genius that is mariah carey and we may uh you know give in some yo gabba gabba even oh it's gonna be a fun episode i i, I can already tell fun natural fun right <laughs> you got it my <laughs> friend but before we leave we're gonna take you out with a hamel drop so, Lin-Manuel's monthly release of the Hamilton Mixtape, Volume 2. This is another track from Rap Pioneer's Mob Deep, one of the last recordings completed before Prodigy's death in June of 2017. Have a listen to Boom Goes the Cannon, and we'll catch you next season. Boom goes the cannon, push forward, no Riffs on Riffs is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thanks to executive producers Joan Andrews and Michael D'Aloya. Producer, Julie Fink. Audio engineers, Eric Coltnow and Dave Shaw. And audio director, Michael Seifert. You can listen to more episodes of Riffs on Riffs by finding us on iTunes, Stitcher, or visit evergreenpodcast.com. And don't forget, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us an iTunes review. It really helps. I'm your host, Joe Watson. And I'm your co-host, Toby Braswell. Thank you for listening to Riffs on Riffs. Birds of a feather, we on the same page. Since high school, four crews, whatever came my way. Your kids is my kids, vice versa. You ain't asking who to beef with, only with a burner. Never blink an eye or back down. Just hold the fort down. Hey guys, this is Jules, producer of Riffs on Riffs, and I've got some great news. The season has been extended, and we've got brand new episodes coming your way. From here on out, we'll be releasing an episode of Riffs on Riffs every two weeks on Wednesdays. Please be sure to subscribe to Riffs on Riffs on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or find us on evergreenpodcasts.com. When you subscribe to the podcast, it just makes life so much easier. They'll show up on your music library and you don't even have to search for it. It's kind of like having a DVR for podcasts. Oh, and you can also stay up to date with new episode releases by following us on social media at Riffs on Riffs Instagram and Facebook and at Riffs on Riffs Yo on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate all your wonderful feedback on the show. You rock. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. 
You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.